welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I am Zach Clark, the Dirtle Mangus, and with me as always, the format's best two drop, Nathan Golia. Hey Zach, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I've uh, been looking forward to getting back together uh, for the podcast, because uh, you're going to tell us a little bit about some vintage that you played uh, last week. Oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, last week, uh, weekend on Saturday, I went down to Haddon Township to top deck games that's uh that's uh nick Koss's place he's known for uh the eternal weekend internal extravaganza uh thing for vintage uh but uh anyhow uh it was uh it was a 1k event for for vintage i went down with uh roland chang uh dave kaplan dave a and uh and evan husney and uh we all uh we all went down and we played some vintage it was it was a pretty fun time so about how many people did they get for a 1K for Vintage? I want to say they got close to 40. It might have been like 32, 36. Um, but it was, you know, we had six rounds, so it was it was over it was over 32. Yeah, last time I was at Top Deck Games, I was there for a Grand Prix trial that was Legacy with only 12 people, so nice to see that people turned out for Vintage. The, the 10 proxies definitely helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I played uh, I played the uh, the Cedar Synod version of uh, Steel City Vault with, uh, you know, the Time Vault. Uh, uh, time vault, voltaic key combo, and uh, you know I went for uh, two and four, which is uh, lo- it's it's not as telling as how my tournament went. It was actually super fun, and uh, my lo- my losses were all pretty much uh, one and twos, um, but my wins my wins were probably uh, were, were were pretty awesome too. Uh, I played the first round against Dredge, and I had I just lucked out and. Uh, Got him with Storm in the first game. I burning wished into uh, Agon- tendrils of agony, and then uh, in the second game, I was able to uh, use Gobble Motor to get my uh, to get my time ball out of the graveyard and just take all the turns and attack him with the Gobble Motor. Um, I lost twice to uh, the Mentor deck, which is is super powerful. If I were to play a, a vintage deck uh, right now, like if there was a tournament this instant, I would play. Uh, mentor immediately. I feel like Mentor is a card that that might even get banned. It's it's so good. It's well, restricted. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, probably probably restricted, but it's just such an amazing win condition uh, in, in this format that uh, it's it's really hard to pass up. Did you uh, get uh, retracted, where someone like retracted all their moxes or whatever? Oh, uh, you mean again? recall? Uh, Hercules recall? Yeah, one of the two. They no, both, I, yeah. I actually played Hercules recall to to win a couple times for to to up my storm count. But, yeah. Uh, nobody ever uh, pulled all theirs back up and then throw, threw them all back down to kill me. Uh, just having a mentor out and a couple of spells was was fine. Actually, the guy that I played in the second round, uh, he had a pretty interesting mentor deck where he used uh, consecrated sphinx as well as uh, in his board he had sea singer. Um, yeah. Wow. I was like, whoa, sea singer. That card. I definitely used to play that when I was twelve. Um, that is a Fallen Empires card. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spell it out because uh, our listeners might not know it. So it's uh, it's Barry Sea Singer if you control no islands, which is probably not how it's turned anymore. But uh, it's tap. You can take control of a creature if uh, its controller controls an island, and you as you control it as long as you control Sea Singer and it remains tapped. And it's one of those you may choose not to untap it. They don't really do that anymore. Yeah. Well, I never, believe you never really see that you're mechanic. looking for for uh, for Barry, if you control no islands, is Island Home. That's right. Island Home. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was uh, so, some tech that I saw him play. Obviously, not that great against a deck like mine that doesn't control that doesn't play islands. But um, you know, everybody's playing blue in this format. So uh, if you get a chance to just steal someone's creature for for three mana, uh, it's pretty good. And it, although a creature like this is normally what what I would consider bolt bait at O three, um, it doesn't really matter because no one's really playing uh, lightning bolts in this format. Not even in these red. Wait, are these Jeskai Mentor decks? You'll get, you'll get a Lightning Bolt here or there, but not the same. You know, the damage-dealing uh, removal is just so, so inconsistent in, this, in oh. this format. It's an 03, right? Yeah. Okay, that's actually good because... Oh, it's an 01. It's an 01? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Totally wrong. I was saying, like, because people play Sudden Shock. I was just watching the Super League, and Sudden Shock is usually what you see. Yeah, I take that um, back then. It's, it's an 01. Well, either way, I mean... You know, not a lot of that. But uh, the Consecrated Sphinx, actually, in this guy's deck was, was pretty amazing because if you can get that down... He got it down off of a um, off of a mana, uh, mana Drain, and there was not much I could do about it at that point. His deck's just so threat-resistant that I, I had to determine I was going to have to combo off eventually. And he mm -hmm. had double counter back up, and I just couldn't get him. And then he put a Consecrated Sphinx in play, and he already had the Mentor in play. So uh, when he went when it went to my turn, he drew three more cards. I tried to combo off, but he just drew way too many cards and was able to stop me again. And then he just killed me the next turn with the with uh, all the spells he had and and his mentor. I think you're describing a deck that I I can't say I've really heard much about with Mana Drain and Consecrated Sphinx and Mentor. Yeah, I think Drain. Drain is not normally played in the deck. I think that's maybe a one or two of uh, f for this particular uh, pilot. Um, Dan Daniel Miller is the guy's name. Uh, he, uh -huh. I, he made it to the top eight. He may he may well have won the tournament. His deck was excellent. Yeah. Um, I play like I said. I played the deck. I played against that that uh, deck twice, not that version, and I lost mm -hmm. to it both times. Um, I also played shops twice. I lost twice to shops. Uh, one of those was against Roland Chang. And I had what I consider to be one of the coolest game ones ever in, in Legacy, which was uh, on the first turn, I dropped a Mox and a Seed of Synod, and I cast Time Walk. Roland's on shops, so he's not countering anything. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, knowing that helps. So I, I cast Time Walk, I untap, I drew a card, it was a Black Lotus. So I played the Black <laughs> Lotus, I uh, played a, an, another land. I cast Ancestral Recall, drew three cards, uh, then I cracked the Black Lotus for black mana, put in my yard, cast Yawgmoth's Will, uh, recast the Black Lotus, recast the Ancestral Recall, recast the Time Walk, uh, and, played a, uh, and played a Goblin Welder, and then passed turn. Uh, on the next turn, I untapped, uh, and I played my fourth, my fourth mana source, and I passed turn. Uh, Roland took his first turn, which was which was dropping uh, two moxes and passing turn. And in, at, at the end of his turn, I cast Gifts Ungiven, and I went and got a Welder's Jar, a uh, Welder's Jar, a uh, Memory Jar, and a a uh, Voltaic Key. I should I should note that I also played a Key earlier in earlier in the my sec my third or second turn. So I had the infinite combo, basically waiting to go. And, and uh, Roland says, "Hey." If you can show me a win condition, I'll, I'll just scoop. And I said, hey, what about this Goblin Walter? <laughs> Take 20. 
and, uh, yeah. and he cracked up. We, we, we scooped him into the next game, and he proceeded to crush me, uh, mostly with Frexian Revokers. He just stopped me. I couldn't, I couldn't produce enough mana to get, to get there. So Roland kept a hand in that game one with only two Moxes as mana sources. I, wonder, I would love to know what else was in his hand. I'm pretty sure he, he had a thorn. Um, I just can't remember off the top of my head. So I think he cast a Thorn in response. I cast a... Uh, uh, oh, okay. I see what happened. He cast, yeah. Yeah, I see. Um, yes, so, cool. Yeah, that was that was a pretty fun match. Um, all in all, you know, everybody in the car uh, crapped out, and so we took a... You know, we got in the car right after the top eight got called, and uh, we, we drove back, and uh, we hit a Carabas on the way home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a pretty good time. All in all, uh, vintage vintage was a blast. But I'll definitely be playing Mentor the next time I play. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like I'd like to ask you your opinion on that. Like you 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 alluded to it before, but I mean I know I mean it's been a couple of years you've been working on building this vault deck, um, but you're just ready to say like that was a labor of love. Now I played it a couple of times. I think I want to play Mentor now. Yeah, I mean, Vault, Vault's awesome because it's such a dark horse in the, in the format. No one really prepares for a deck like that, like a, a turn one deck that combos off of Vault Key. Everyone's got hate for it. Like, it's just inherent. Like, there's there's no way around it. You're In this format, if you're relying on artifacts, there's a very strong possibility that someone's got hate for it. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the deck's super fun, but it's it's incredibly inconsistent and not particularly resilient. Um, and I, I just feel like, um, you know, a, a deck that gets to play Gush and, uh, you know, uh, Monastery Mentor, as well as Mental Misstep, and, all you know, several other great cards in this format that just stop people from being able to win, um, as well as just having a super, super good uh, win condition. Um, you know, I feel like that's, that's the way I want to play right now. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand... I, I agree, and I think the thing is, like, Vintage is so rare to be able to play at a level like you played it at, um, and I mean, I hope you post your deck list in the show notes or something, just so people can see it, like, you said, you sent me your deck list, it's just such a cool, vintage -y deck with yeah. so many cool one-ofs and so many cards you can't play anywhere else, and and I think the Mentor deck is, is unquestionably powerful, but it's just like, you know... I mean, it's so it's so streamlined. It's almost just like a regular legacy deck, or even like a modern deck. Yeah, it feels you know? it feels very much that way. But it's the inclusion of cards like Mental Misstep and uh, and Gush that that really push it into the into the vintage uh, format. Right. No, I know, but I'm just saying that, like, in terms of its construction, without the crazy amount of one ofs other than just power, you know. Yeah, I and mean, like, you can play like Tinker in that deck and and try and play the Volt Key too. But m most of the time, it's not necessarily worth it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Do you do you have an idea of next time you might play some vintage? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I know tomorrow night I'm going to be going over to Roland's place to get some practice in, mm -hmm. and uh, I think there's another one in I want to say North New York next month. But I'm not I'm not positive. I know I know there's they're always on the lookout for for events, and so being kind of being in touch with these guys. Uh, is is great because I don't really get to I don't have a store that I particularly love to play uh, Eternal formats at, 
and mm-hmm. uh, no, knowing now that I have sort of a group of people to play with uh, in a sort of organized uh, sense is, is really nice. It's nice to uh, have sort of a community again. So, yeah, last night I played Legacy here in Utah, and I sat down and, and, and at the table and I was, I was setting up my deck, and just funny, like, someone said, uh, you know, how, how are you enjoying it so far, and I said, it's been great here, it's been nice, we get a nice group. Um, someone else said, oh, where are you from? I told him New York, he's like, hey, did you, did you get to play a lot of Vintage? And I just started laughing, I was like, well, I've never played Vintage, I've, just, I've watched it a lot. You know, because people would be testing it at the store, or we'd be at Eternal Weekend, and it would be day two, and I'd just be sort of observing more than borrowing a deck or proxying a deck or anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but boy, that would be that would be quite. They, they said that that people. I said we could do it, you know, full proxy or something. Out here, I would definitely come out for that. But I mean, I'll um, tell you, like ten to fifteen proxies is is all you need as a as a legacy player to get into this format. You know, like. If you don't have to proxy duels, you get to proxy your power plus one other card, and you're pretty mm-hmm. much set. If you're if you're playing shops, you don't have much to proxy to begin with. You have four shops, and then like what, and uh, you know a couple of moxes, and uh, you know Library of Alexandria. Yeah, something like that. Um, and and uh, if you're playing uh, Dredge, you just have four proxies, pretty much. Yeah, you proxy the bazaars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be cool to to play it sometime, but. Uh... I'm glad you're able to, and I, I love I love watching vintage. You know, I love watching you know the big blue decks. Hopefully, get they come back a little bit, like yours. Yeah. So. So, so last uh, yeah, oh, tell me about uh, tell me about the rest of your legacy experience last night. So last night, well, I, I was on vacation last week, and I came back, and in my mailbox the next day was my big pack of Eldritch Moon pre-order cards, and I was so excited. Yeah, but I was also super busy because I'd just taken a week off of work, so I didn't really have much time to brew. But um, I really wanted to play some of them, so I decided to look for a list where someone would have some home. Uh, home. And I settled on uh, sort of a modified aggro loan list okay. um, for last night's 8-man. Uh, and so I basically played what you would consider like a stock aggro loan list um, with uh, four Chalice the Void, four Mox Diamond, uh, Knight of the Relclarian, Dark Confidant, small Green Sun package, four Rupt Decays. Um, but my, my change was that instead of playing the uh, Punishing Fire and Grove package, I played three Collective Brutality, which is an Eldritch Moon card. And that uh, is the uh, Escalate card that modes are. Um, you could discard a card to Escalate it. The modes are look at target opponent's hand and get an instant or sorcery from it. Um, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn, or uh, target player loses two life and you gain two life. So I thought it would be a nice way to sort of fill that punishing fire slot um, without me having to dig up groves because I don't own any. Um, and I and I felt I've been pumping the new Thalia so hard I I've had to play it, so I played him in this I played her in the sideboard. Um, so I I showed up and I uh, I was I was putting the deck together. And I realized that I forgot my Caracas. But, you know, it's like an eight-person tournament. Like, what, what are the odds that it's going to be relevant? So, of course, round one, what I played against... <laughs> yeah, what are the odds? Well, here's what the odds. Round one, I, I, played, I played against Sneak and Show with Omniscience. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, the funny thing was, you know, the, the first game... So I found out he had Omniscience. You know, he was sort of 
finishing up a trade and I saw the top of his deck, I saw the show and tell, and I kind of like rolled my own eye, my eyes myself, you know, of course. But even then, like, he just like, uh, he had Omniscience, which does, which beats Caracas anyway, so yeah. it wouldn't have been that relevant. He just was able to show and tell Omniscience for, uh, Cunning Wish for stuff, Bind them were cool, I wasn't really paying attention by that point. <laughs> um, so, so I, I lost the first game, won the second game, and then the third game, uh, uh, oh, you know what? I must have just lost the first game. I'm not of one, but because I, I was on the draw or on the play, I know that for this game where I had to mull the five, and this is where I, I think having a new card that you don't quite get is interesting. So I had to mull the five. I had no lands, then no lands, which was amazing in a 25 land deck. And my five was a Thalia Heretic Kethar that I boarded in, a Liliana the Veil, a Mox Diamond, a Tranquil Thicket and a Thespian Stage, which I, I put in the Thespian Stage combo since I didn't have Groves. Okay. And then I scried, and my top card was a Swamp. So I kept it um, thinking, like, well, I'm not going to do anything better than that. This is my only way to get one of my three drops down on turn two, right? I need three lands, you know, to play two and feed my Max Diamond. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, what, what would you have... So let's just say turn one, I play a Tap Tranquil Thicket and pass... He plays an island, passes it back, and I draw my swamp. So I've got the ability to play a Mox Diamond and a land, and then play one of my three drops. Mm -hmm. So which one do you think would have been the better choice? I mean, so, i got to go with the hype here and, and say you, you should play Thalia. Yeah. You're right. Do you know why you're right? <laughs> well, I assume because you can buy an extra turn if he ends up getting in Sneak somehow? Right. So... I I decided that I would play Liliana. I'm guessing, yeah. I was going to say, I guess you yeah. played Liliana. So I played Liliana, and my and so, but of course, I, I played Liliana, I'm down on my last card in hand, and I'm not going to make myself discard it. My thought oh. was that yeah. if he plays, he can't play show and tell Emrakul into the Liliana anyway. Yeah. So, and then if he plays show and tell, then I get a free Thalia. Um... But the reason it was wrong, I realized almost immediately. So I play Liliana. First of all, I played it into an open island. I mean, he's got a lot of cards in his deck, so the chances of him having Spell Pierce is kind Pierce, of low. Yeah, of but that was really bad. Um, and then, uh, so I pass back, and he plays a Volcanic Island, and then plays Ponder and Preordain. If I played Thalia, he would not have been able to do that. He, yeah. His land would have come into play tap. So I, I sort of was like, oh, man, I... Uh, and I, I should have known because, like, he, uh, eventually I did, so he didn't win that turn, so I get to play longer. But, so I did play Thalia, and then he kind of looks at it, and then looks at his hand, and he's like, oh, that sucks, <laughs> you know? I, I was like, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to play against. So he plays, like, a tapped Ancient Tomb and plays a Preordain. And then it was kind of funny because we had talked about whether or not it was going to get Sneak Attack on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he plays Puritan, and he's like, yeah, I put that sneak attack on the bottom. You can't trick me. And I'm like, you're right, I can't trick you. <laughs> Man, that's, that guy has to listen to our podcast. Yeah. Well, I didn't <laughs> want to tell him about it after that. Um, <laughs> so, so then it gets this... So I, I, uh, I draw, like, a land or something, and I'm just, so I'm just sort of plussing Liliana and attacking with Thalia. And I get to this other point where he has... I have a Liliana on six and a Thalia... Um, and he has 
four cards in hand, one of which I know is an intuition because he cunning wished for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he cunning wishes for intuition. I want to say even at, at sorcery speed, it just passes it back to me. He has a tapped polluted delta. I mean, let's just take a moment to appreciate that because he had played it for his land. Of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, tapped polluted delta, lotus petal, the volcanic island, the basic island, the ancient tomb. And I draw a death right shaman for my turn. So now I've got this decision. I've got a Liliana on six. Um, and I'm going to play my death right shaman. But that's, that's the only card I have because I've played everything out um, or discarded it. And so the question is, what do you think? Ultimate Liliana here or, or plus again? And how many cards are in his hand? He had four cards in hand, one of which is an intuition. I got I to gotta go with the ultimate on this one. Yeah, well, guess what I didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So I actually, so I plus Liliana, and I plus Liliana because he's got intuition. So if he's got, if he's got the combo, I can't beat it. Like, I can't of ultimate course, him yeah. off, of, uh, off of three mana because he has Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, and then three blue lands. Sure. Um, and he can fetch a basic island with the Pluta Delta and not have to worry about Thalia. Um, but, I, I, and, and he said, oh, I was really expecting you to ultimate there, and he just, of course, the intuitions for triple show and tell, and then he had Omniscience, um, in, and that was able to do his thing. And I think that it didn't really matter what I did there. <laughs> um, the chances of him not being able to, even if he somehow uh, couldn't cast show and tell, which I don't think was possible, um, I mean, he had so many more cards in his hand than me. He could have had a, just land drop, you know, play show and tell, <laughs> yeah, and then win. And I, but the omniscience was a thing, and I think, you know, I was just, I just wanted to say that that deck, you know, I know a lot of people don't like playing against it, but it's real, it's really tough to beat this sort of hybrid omniscience and sneak and show deck because omniscience really is the way to beat a lot of the traditional hate. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why yeah. I started playing uh, uh, the Ashen Rider in my uh, sideboard uh, in Rug. So yeah, I mean, they, they, sh- they cast Show and Tell, I could put the Ashen Rider into play and kill the Omniscience. Yeah, what you have to do, because, like, I mean, if they cast Emrakul, there's nothing, there's not much you can do about it. You can't Caracas it. You, for sure. I mean, yeah. how, how terrible is it if they cast Show and Tell, I put in gilded drake and they're like oh cool i've got an omniscience in play <laughs> and you're like i take nothing you know yep it's that's and you that's sacrifice your gilded drake which is the worst <laughs> yeah it's, it's like your hate is i mean the, the the there's there's pluses and minuses to gilded drake one of them is that you can top deck it and uh like after your opponent's got his grizzle brand or his, his emrakul in play you can be like, well, I've got one more draw, and, you know, that's happened to me before. I've, I've been like, well, I give up, and I'm like, well, let me just take my turn and be like, oh, it's a Gilded Drake, I can take your Merit Lage, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's been several times where, it, you know, being able to actually cast uh, my hate was, was pretty important. Well, I, we're, I don't want to ruin what we're going to talk about a little bit, but just as a teaser... I pulled that aggro loan list that I adopted from last week's Star City results, mm-hmm. and the winning deck is Sneak and Show with three Omniscience, Ooh. three Sneak Attack, so three Cunning Wish. So, um, I mean, there are more Sneak Attacks out in, out in the universe, that's for sure. Yep. 
Um, I just want to run, talk, talk quickly about the other two rounds. I didn't win a round, and I was a little disappointed because I was really excited for the cards. I played against Bird in the second round and forgot. So I've never played Agrolome, and uh, I just forgot that I should mulligan the Chalice. <laughs> um, and I just sort of played it straight. I did get to Collective Brutality, discarding a Loam in another land to kill a Goblin Guide, gain two life, and duress his Price of Progress. So that was an achievement unlocked. Yeah. It turned out I should have saved it for him for his Eidolon, <laughs> because that ended up killing me. But uh. yeah, so don't go after the don't go after the Goblin Guide is a nice is a nice lesson. Um, and then I played Shardless Bug, and I did win a game against Shardless Bug, basically because Thalia is just like brutal against their non-basic land, yeah. uh, entirely non-basic land meta ba- uh, meta base, especially when you can wasteland them. Um, I got to. I played a chalice on zero when he had two visions ticking down. It was it was a really nice game, but um, the deck is really good at getting cards. And there was definitely a time where he killed my dark confidant and resolved an ancestral vision of his own, <laughs> and that's a big swing. So, Jesus. but I do think that uh, I, I I'm I would buy into the hype on Thalia. I mean, I was hyped on it myself, but every time it was out, it, it was just like a huge. I had it out against the burn guy, and he like was about to kill me. He's like, I'm going to kill you with this Monastery Swift Spear. I'm like, that's actually tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, so he had to wait a turn, uh, which is, you know, not a big deal for them, but it was still cool. I had a chance to uh, dig up something to deal with the Monastery Swift Spear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I he basically just had to bolt my Thalia so he could attack through for two or whatever, but, um, and then it was good against Strada's Bug. Uh, and then the Collective Brutality, um, you know, it did did what it said on the tin against uh, Burn, uh, and I did cast it a couple times in the in the first game against Sneak and Show, because um, it was the only thing I had, <laughs> my only defense. So, um, but good cards. I did. I put a Grim Flayer in the deck too. It was an Eldritch Moon card, but I never cast it, so uh, didn't get a chance to play with it yet. So, so that was my experience. I do think the Eldritch Moon cards are good, and I hope that uh, it encourages some brewing and some people crack the code on them because unquestionably powerful. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to get a chance to mess around with some of the cards from the set. Um, so the only really big tournament in legacy was the Star City Classic at Columbus. Um. Yeah, I'm looking through some of the decks right now, and uh, I, I've noticed that the Miracles decks that are being played are uh, non-Caracas Miracles decks. Yeah, I feel like uh, Joe Lissette is the only one who really plays that, <laughs> uh, to at the extent you know that you'd think. Um, most people just seem to opt for this predict build. The, the yeah, the, I mean, I, I love a predict, uh, but... Uh, you know they're, they're playing the, the the mentor version of the deck with the predicts and uh, uh, you know one of council's judgment is is something that's coming back into into play lately and I wonder what that's all about I guess it's omniscience maybe I mean the deck that won was a sneak attack it has three omniscience three sneak attacks uh, I mean I feel like miracles does pretty well against uh, a deck like that. I yeah, feel well, like I'm looking at this pretty well against pretty much any deck. Truthfully. Yeah, like what um, lands is a problem? No, because you just float a counterbalance with your counterbalance, and they're, they're, they can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's tough for them. You know, like it's tough for them to come around too. And it's funny. Uh, 
one of the one of the miracles decks is is rock and lands hate, and the other one is just not. It looks like both miracles decks didn't rock very much uh, hate as far as uh, sneak and show and uh, and the like. They had one containment priest apiece. Surgical mm -hmm. extraction, though, you know that's that's there for the other reason you would run a containment priest. So it's it's funny that they were they were hedging against the graveyard decks. Yeah, you haven't seen a lot of reanimator in a while. It seems like we have a twelve post deck here, um, or eight posts. How many posts are in this? Three cloud posts. Wow, three cloud posts in your twelve post deck. Four glimmer posts, two Vesuva. That's six, seven, eight, nine posts. Nine posts. <laughs> nine posts, and then the cloud posts only three of. I, I wonder if people are, are. Oh, he has an Emrakul, the promised end in his deck. Whoa. That's just because you can do Spicy. whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because, like, why not? You got a regular Emrakul, the Ulamog. You got two Ugins in this deck. Um, one, the Thalia Academy. All right. We do have a um, one top 16 Eldrazi deck, which is, you know, they're starting to they're starting to show up in the top 16. This one has Grim Monolith. Yeah, Monolith, I, I, I was going to say, Monolith is, a, is an interesting addition. We've got two Endbringer in the deck, but with only only a green source being a uh, Scavern no, of Endbringer Souls. Endbringer isn't the green guy. Uh, Endbringer yeah. is the, uh, the um, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Dealer. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Okay, That's so this uh, is World Breaker. Is World Breaker. Whatever. Yeah. Those are probably synonyms. <laughs> yeah, if they were in German, they would actually be the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. What <laughs> of that's come up. Um, that's not true. That is something I just made up just now. We've got a, we've got a traditional Rug Delver list here in 10th with Nimble Mongoose. Um, very traditional. Uh, this might be... I don't remember if Lee played a Jace the Mind Sculptor in his board. It's got to be pretty close to his exact deck. Lee would never play Natural State. Um, but it's got to be pretty Ooh, close. Nat yeah, Natural State. Is, uh, it says two dismember. I think, I think uh, Lee would have put in uh, Destructive Ruffery over Natural State. Yeah. Um, natural State's kind of an odd inclusion. I mean, you can't... Well, you can't kill a Chalice on one with it. And you probably can't kill the counterbalance with it that easily. It's an interesting card because it does a lot of the. It, it gets rid of a lot of the things that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the green one that everyone plays in Vintage? Uh, that gains you four life. Oh, yeah, we're blanking on that. Matt, um, Nature's Claim. Yeah, it, it does a lot of the same things that Nature's Claim does as far as like getting rid of problematic uh, artifacts and enchantments. Um, but it, the problematic enchantments and artifacts generally stop you from casting the spell, or at least, uh, you know, Chalice is a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like, 9 times out of 10, a Counterbalance is going to counter this card if, if they have a, ch if they have a uh, top out. So it's, it's, it hits the things that you want to hit, but it's not as good as Coast uh, and Grip in, in many scenarios. Yeah, I'm surprised to see it. That's, that's a card I kind of wish was uncounterable, whereas Abrupt Decay would have just been like a cool kill spell. It, it would be wonderful if, if they made this uncounterable at, at, at if it cost two or less. You know, yeah. just to like you know dumb it down just a little bit. But you know, it'd be nice to have something that uh, Rug Delver could use to get around being chaliced out of the game. Yeah, 
Um, there's three Grixis Delver decks in the top 16, and, you know, Noah Walker just keeps, like, running through these legacy tournaments with his build, um, which is pretty mid-rangey. He's got a click in the main, he's got two Baleful Strix in the sideboard, he's got a Painful Truce in the sideboard. So, you know, good for him, he's still, he's still doing it. Brian Koval, who is in seventh place with Grixis Delver, I actually know uh, this player from losing to him in the top in the top four of the external extravaganza a couple years ago when he was playing elves or last year I should say yeah I was surprised to see him playing Grixis because he plays elves so much um, going back to uh, Noah Walker's deck you know you know one thing that probably helped him through was his uh, sideboard winner orb actually uh, looks like uh, looks like Brian has a winner orb too they're close to the same deck um, I think they both have they both have two therapies. I got to bounce back. Yeah, they both have two therapies. Sort of that small therapy package. Um, a player, uh, you know, we know Joe Stempo. I saw his list from a uh, IQ, and uh, he was playing one stifle with uh, with his with his therapies, which would just completely throw you off because usually it's one or the other yeah. with these Grixis decks. Could you imagine getting hit by both of them in the same game and then being like, "Well, that sucks." <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so, all in all, it was a uh, it looks like a pretty, pretty standard tournament. We did have, I guess, we should just point out that Omnitel was in third. So you have a top four: Sneak and Show, Storm, Omnitel, Miracles. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it looks relatively healthy too, as far as the format's concerned. Two miracles, two two Delvers. You know, uh, a rogue as far as lands is concerned, and then Omnitel and Sneak and Show are by and large the same deck. Um, the, the the nine through sixteens are interesting. You got Agro Loam, yeah, Belcher, Eldrazi. So this this state of the post. meta it seems seems pretty uh, okay after uh, after nothing getting banned. You know, no one's no one's just jamming uh, miracles in the top eight and like getting four out of the top eight. So that's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, there was a new Thalia in the, in the Death and Taxes list. He had it as a two of, um, so good, good there to see her there, see her pop up. Thinking about this, about Brian Koval not playing elves, it's pretty hostile to elves right now. Yeah, <laughs> he guessed. also had a, a Josh, Josh Todd uh, of, of the Death and Taxes deck. Also was playing a Mangara and Spirit of the Labyrinth. Yeah, that's uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth, man. One day that'll that'll get completely busted. <laughs> I mean, it shows up in Vintage, and it's just game over. <laughs> oh god, seen that it's a couple worst. times. Yeah, so that that's all. No, it's a pretty solid. Uh, pretty solid. solid tournament, it looks yeah. like uh, as far as the meta is concerned. Uh, let's see, what do we got? So we're going into August here. I don't think there's a Star City Open. Um, I don't know if there's any big notable tournaments coming up that you know of in Legacy, but we'll keep an eye on the classics and anything else going on regionally. Yeah, I mean, I'm at Gen Con next week, so we'll see if uh, I get a chance to play anything cool at Gen Con. Uh, it'll probably just be board games because I'm going there for work. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to bring a Legacy deck and a Vintage deck and see what happens. I was going to say you should bring your Vintage deck, but I don't know if they allow proxies at Gen Con. Who knows? I've heard that people, like, dust off their, like... Like ritual, ritual singer vampire decks, for, and just like show up to Gen Con. I want to force like a ritual, ritual singer vampire so bad, <laughs> just like end someone's day. Yeah, I, I've heard it's even like Lotus ritual singer vampire. 
<laughs> they just don't know. Nothing. You know, they've been playing the same deck for 21 years. They got that swap back up for my for my four spikes. So I can't Three handle four that. Three spike. <laughs> Great. Well. Yeah. Uh, good run, and we'll talk again next week. Sounds good, man. Have a great one. You too. Later.